You may be seated. It is my esteemed pleasure to be here to represent the Virginia Theological Seminary. I am honored to be in Phoenix when it wasn't so hot. And so the invitation means more now that I will not die from the heat. And so for that, I'm grateful. And for all of those who've made my time here possible and who have facilitated this opportunity, I thank you so very much. I bring you greetings from Washington, D.C. Pray our strength in the Lord. For the time that's ours, I'd like to share with you from this thought, invited but not changed invited, but not changed. Uh, Students often remark when they have to submit sermons to me, the homiletics professor, that some texts are more difficult than others. My sisters and brothers, before us seems to be a theological landmine. (laughs) For the gospel text today is fraught with kings and violence in slaves, and this poor fellow at the end of the parable who comes to this party and the king, seemingly not being pleased with his attire, casts him into outer darkness. Now, I thought, Lord, that seems to be a bit harsh because his clothes were not up to par. That has to be a pretty difficult party to get into indeed if you're not dressed for the occasion. Now, what intrigues me about this text, though there are many things that we could discuss today, but for the time that is ours, I would like to consider the back end of the parable. For this particular gentleman enters into the king's party, a party that is lavish, and that is grand. Imagine being invited to a party by the Queen of England. He is invited, he's brought in after other people have turned down the invitation. And now he's in this party, drinking the king's wine, enjoying fine delicacies, being exposed to things he has not earned, but yet is accustomed to because of the king's lavishness. And the king sees that this gentleman is not necessarily dressed for the occasion, says, friend, did you get in here without a robe? And the man's silence condemned him, and he was thrown out. Now, There's much to say, but what is interesting to note is that when the king would invite someone to a wedding feast, the king would provide clothing for the people to wear. So this gentleman has refused the new garment that was given by the king because clearly he felt that being unchanged was good enough. Now that's distressing that someone could be exposed to 
God's grace in such an amazing way. God has allowed the sun to shine and the moon to glow, has given you the activity of your limbs, has given you the love of family and friends, the capacity to earn a living, and the wherewithal of your mental faculties. And for these things, we should be extremely grateful. And when God invites us into something new, this kingdom of heaven that Jesus says, when we're invited into this, we should be willing to be changed for the occasion. But my sister and my brother, in my few years of living and my many years of observation, I have come to realize that many people want to access the things of God, but not be changed. I am disheartened that many people want to make heaven their home. They want to call on the name of Christ as Savior and God as Father and Spirit as Companion, but they refuse to be put on. They refuse to put on the garments of God's grace. Some of us are appearing at God's party with the garment of hard work and rugged individualism. We show up to the party because we've earned the right to be here. We've made the right decisions. We've made the right investments. We have done all the things that society says. Therefore, we should be able to access the things of God. But we are we are invited into a new reality. We are invited to be able to take off the slough of our old selves and to put on something brand new. The joy of the Lord, the peace that is given to us by the Spirit. But unfortunately, my sisters and brothers, we have seen that our clothes are more appropriate for the occasion. I have had the experience to play college football. Hence my hips snap, crackle, and pop. (laughs) But the occasion of playing college football put me around tremendous athletes who were given tremendous talents. This text brought to mind a particular teammate that I had who has all the makings of an NFL player. He's big and fast and strong. But my sisters and brothers, he was not able to make our college team not because of his talent, but because he refused to be changed. He refused to go to the weight room. He refused to go to class. He refused to do the things he was asked to do. So the jersey that was given to him as a sign of being accepted into this new team, this new reality, this new family was taken away from him because he came clothed in his old self. My sisters and brothers, this nation is in quite a fix. We have people dying by human disaster, by natural disaster, But the question that lays before us today is, are we really changed? Have we taken the gifts of God, the lavishness that is this country, the physical resources, 
the human resources, the economic resources that God has entrusted us with, have we engaged those without being changed? I would argue that change is hard to see when we look at the climate today. I want each of us to take inventory of the clothes that we have on today. Inventory, because God is calling us as individuals and as a nation to be changed. No, we cannot party in God's party, being clothed in the same attitudes of yesterday. We cannot party in God's party while we are disenfranchising our neighbor. The king was so frustrated and so enraged at the insolence of this man that you see other people are changed, but you refuse to be changed. You want to partake in the lavishness of the kingdom of God and the grace that abounds, but yet you do not want to be changed. We each have places in our life in which we do not want to be changed. God, I, I'm okay in this particular area. Don't, don't bother me with my money. Don't, don't, don't tell me how to date. Don't tell me how I should live. I will just come to Trinity Cathedral, give my money, and go home. I will sing songs of Zion and then go back to my way of living But God is calling us today, my sister, and today, my brother, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Today, each and every one of us has the opportunity to be changed, to put on the garments of God's grace, to be able to Be clothed in the power of God's love. And this love and this grace is what saves us from ourself. Now, growing up, I grew up in the more evangelical bend of Christianity. So this text was more of a bludgeon than a blessing. Because if you did not act right, you will be thrown out with this weeping and gnashing of teeth. Nothing scared me more than to gnash my teeth in the darkness. Imagine being 11 and 12 years old scared to do anything because you did not want to die and be caught outside of the will of God. Scary indeed. But what the king does, and this is what is often missed in this parable, the king is trying to save this man from himself. Because the actions of the man brought about the judgment he received. The king did not punish him with a punishment. The man punished himself. And the king only pronounced the judgment that the man has executed on his own life. So, Some of my students said, this doesn't seem like Jesus, all this violence. My God is not a God of violence. I told my students this, and I'll share that with you. I told them that grace often keeps us 
from the harm that we are already headed towards. The decisions that we've made that already have set the trajectory toward the outcome. God today extends God's arms to you in the back and to you in the front to be changed, to take off the old self, the old bigotry, the old hatred, the old selfishness, the old greed, so that we can be dressed for the occasion. Never let it be said that you were invited but not changed.